Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hunter, hi, how are you today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. This should be a really fun one. So I'm going to let you do a brief introduction of yourself. Tell us who you are, where you come from, and then we're going to dive into the good stuff. Sure. So my name's Hunter Nyland Welling, and I'm a luxury marketing consultant and business coach for entrepreneurs who um, want to attract like the most premium clients in their industry and to do that with a lot of ease um, in a low energy way. So um, a lot of that comes out of my background. I've been in in marketing and consulting since 2008, but um, I also live with chronic illness. I'm ADHD and autistic and all sorts of kinds of neurospicy. And I'm a caregiver to my daughter, who's nine. And so for me, as an entrepreneur and a mom and just a person juggling all the stuff that it takes to be a human in this world, um, Mm -hmm. I really needed to be able to um, work in ways that were really streamlined and easy on my body and my brain and my time. And I help other people figure that out for themselves as well. Yeah, so that's me. That's awesome. Well, you know, I'm all about time management. Um, In fact, it's one of my letters. So this episode will be all about time and different tricks, tips, things that you have found that have worked for you personally, um, and then tried and true stuff that you recommend to your clients. So, you know, feel free to go into business or personal or both mix it up. Um, But I'd love to just kind of dive into what are the th- what are the original barriers that you found as you were trying to do all those things and what was the impetus for finding smarter ways to do it yeah well the biggest one that i found at the beginning was most productivity advice that was coming from mainstream audiences for one is largely written by you know white upper middle class men who have wives and teams and all sorts of things making their lives run really smooth, yep. right? And that's just that's just not very relatable or helpful when you don't have access to those things. And so I was looking around at that setting and then the conversations that I was hearing around productivity and like why why to work smarter, how to work smarter was kind of all from this angle of like how can we make sure that you produce the most output, whatever it is. Like if you're at a job, how can you just like get the most done at your job? If you're a business, how can you do more, do more, do more, do more 
so that you have more space in your schedule to do more. Like it felt like this very Mm -hmm. circular thing that just wasn't sustainable. And I was looking at it saying, I actually need to figure out productivity so that I can create spaciousness because I don't need it to be able to cram endless growth into my life. Even though I really care about growth, I actually just need a lot of downtime. I need a lot of recovery time. Um, That's essential for me. So I was looking at how do I figure out the best way to be productive so that I get what's essential to me for moving the needle forward in my life, in my family, in my business? How do I get all of that stuff in a way done in a way that creates more space just for myself and for my body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I was coming at it from. Um, like and that. so- Yeah, it's a different frame. And so when I was doing that, I was looking for tools that were um, mostly about helping me first, like it's first about getting clear on the priorities, right? So that you don't get stuck in this default loop of doing more for more sake and being really clear on my own boundaries and needs so that as I carved out that space, it didn't get devoured by other people's priorities and other people's stuff because that happens so quickly. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really great frame because productivity, getting stuff done is only, <laughs> if you just put more stuff on top of it, are you ever getting out of that loop, right? One of the big things that I preach is getting rid of the things you don't like so that you have space for the things you do like and need, like downtime um, or like family time or whatever that might be. I mean, I needed to find more space so that I could write a book. But now that my book's done, Mm -hmm. I can fill that space with whatever I want. And it sure as hell isn't going to be work. It's going to be play (laughs) for a while, right? And then I'll have another season where I pick up another project and it's something else. But um, for me, it's about getting the right things done and then letting go of the other things so that you don't have to do all of them. I think as women, too, we carry an invisible load of tasks, right? Like I have to remember my kid's lunch in the morning and I have to remember that she's got a test tomorrow and softball the next day and 17 doctor's appointments between the three kids. I mean, whatever it might be, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when does the trash go out? When does the, (laughs) oh, there's the washing machine timer. Um, And so for me, like I, I do two things simultaneously, pushing back against the norm that that's all my responsibility. So I, I push back that my husband takes on a great deal of that load and he willingly does, but it certainly has been a paradigm shift for him and for me, for both of us to, to make that switch, but then also like deciding what we don't want to do. How do you manage that with your daughter? Mm, Such a good question. Well, it's, It's always evolving, right? And I think that's important to talk about when we talk about productivity that's not just for the purpose of treating yourself like a machine, essentially, right? Treating yourself a machine where everything's standardized and optimized um, and rigid is 
when you start tuning into yourself and what you need, like you realize that your productivity and how you manage it all is going to evolve. And that might be it evolves over long stretches, like years, just as kind of big milestones happen, or maybe it evolves all the time in periods where your life is, you know, changing a lot. So, you know, when I started with um, my business, I founded my business in 2015 and my daughter was two at the time. And so like my life and how I got it all done and managed it all then as a single mom with a two-year-old in a business is way different now than I have a partner and she's nine and ridiculously independent, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. it, it, it shifted so much. So right now with managing it all, a few things that are really important to me is I do have a partner and, um, and he's a man and, you know, the traditional norms are exactly what you described where the woman is the one carrying around the mental labor load and like mm-hmm. the project management load. And in our house, we don't do that. Actually, my partner, <laughs> my partner carries most of that. If I'm being honest, like mm-hmm. in 2020, um, when everything kind of went upside down, I just kind of handed that off. <laughs> and actually what I did, I'll share this is I sat down and I realized I was holding way too much. Like our lives had changed. Our daughter was doing school at home. Um, and I sat down with this block of post-it notes and I wrote down everything that I was responsible for doing. And that meant tasks and that meant the things that I'm responsible for mentally managing, mentally Mm -hmm. planning. And I put each one on its own post-it note and I looked at it and I said, this is ridiculous. I cannot Mm -hmm. do all of this. And I just picked up about two thirds of them and I handed him and I said, we have to find a way to either hire somebody to do this or for you to take it on. And so like we can have a family conversation around the finances and negotiation of that. But basically like, I quit this huge pile and that was so helpful Mm -hmm. for our relationship, for my mental life, for all of it. Um, And now, you know, my daughter is nine, so she's old enough to have a bit of independence. And a lot of the way we do that is for me, I, you know, living with ADHD and autism, I really love things being out and visual and visible so that I'm not keeping all those running mental to-do lists. Those are very exhausting for me and I'm bad at them. If they're just in my head, I will probably forget a lot of that important stuff that I'm supposed to be tracking. Does she have her swim stuff for swim day at school? And did she get the stuff for book club and did the library mm-hmm. books? You know, I won't remember it. So I mean just on a really practical level, when you walk into our house, there's a giant whiteboard the size of <laughs> the size of my nine-year-old that has, you know, a running list of everything that's going on with our week, everything that's coming up. And then we have laminated checklists for just about everything from what does it take for our house to feel clean and comfortable and like ready for company? That's a laminated checklist in my in my storage room right now. What does it take to like opening duties and closing duties for our house? Mm-hmm. That's like the things to get everything clean and ready to start the day and to end the day. What does my daughter need to go to school? What does she need to do when she comes home from school? What are her weekly chores? Like all of these things are lists and checklists with a thing of dry erase markers and like everybody's responsible for checking it off as they go so that no one person is having to do that mental and emotional labor. Girl, we are the same person. That is like right <laughs> up my alley. Yeah. I uh, I had that same exact post-it note experience that you had about three years ago. 
And I looked at my husband. I was like, this is insane. I can't be the one that has to remember to get the mail every day. And, like little things that, that seemingly are nothing, but oh my gosh, add up to so much. Um, so I share that with you and I applaud you for doing it. I hope our listeners will take some of that um, to heart because it really does help both partners and the children. I mean, add the kids to the conversation. It helps everybody to see the clear picture of really what it takes to get this show on the road, right? And to keep everybody moving. Um, yeah. The checklists, like my kids are 7, 9, and 11, so capable of reading all of them, capable of helping. We have put the be- the house to bed and we have wake up in the morning duties for everybody. And it's not like that's assigned to you. It's assigned to all of us until it's done. Um and this is how we get down after school. And this is the way, you know, this is the chores you have to do to live here. And then you can earn money if you want. My 11-year-old in particular is highly motivated right now for her own money. So she has other things that are outside of those buckets that she can earn money to do. So um, I think it's awesome yeah. that you include your 9-year-old and your partner. I mean, isn't it wild, though, that we have to have this conversation even in 2022 that and it's not it's not men's fault like that's what I'm always trying to remind people like they're not bad guys it's just been okay we've we've accepted it for so long um we bring on some of we've enabled some of it I guess is the better way of saying it and just helping all of us move out of it well, you know, it's a setup. It's you know, it's a cultural system that's not working for any of us. It's not it's not really working for the men either. You know, like it's not an empowering setup. It's not a helpful setup. And um one of my mentors said to me one time cuz I found that I was carrying all the stuff around in my head and then related to that became I felt personally responsible if any of the balls got dropped. Mm -hmm. You know, if my kid shows up to school without the project that, you know, I forgot about or whatever because I'm carrying a running list of 380 things in my head, Mm -hmm. then I feel terrible. When really that's not helping her because also like she needs to learn to think about the fact that she has a project and like put it on her calendar and yep. remember a due date. And, you know, like she needs that. My partner needs that to be able to take ownership over his life and our home. And um, my mentor looked at me and she said, you know, when you keep stepping in and preventing other people from failing, um, you don't allow them to have the gift of just being themselves and like experiencing themselves in all of their wins and all of their failures. And I think about that almost every day because I felt like once we got organized and clear on what was important to us and how we were going to divvy up the responsibilities, then I'm actually able to no longer um, like carry this role of feeling like I need to step in and prevent all the failures. It's okay now. Like if my daughter doesn't do some things on her checklist and she suffers a consequence from it, that's okay. That's a growth experience for her. She will like encounter that at work one day. If she doesn't take something to school that she was supposed to, then she navigates that and she navigates that in her social relationships and, you know, and it extends throughout my partnership as well. And I just think that part of it is important too, because it's very hard not to be the one like saving the day all the time when you have that role of being the mental manager of the family. Oh, I totally agree. I'm having a little bit of a 
moment this week. So my husband left his corporate job in April to work for um, a Two Cents, which is the financial CFO business that I started a couple of years ago. And so he's been working for my business from home. And then the deal was he's going to work kind of part-time in the business and take on a lot of the house stuff that just by proximity came to me because I've worked from home for 10 years. So now he's in this like dual space. And yesterday I said to him, do I seem a lot less grouchy recently? And he was like, yeah, you do. You seem a lot more relaxed. I was like, I feel less grouchy. I feel like I have less going on. I said, but I'm also feeling like I'm not parenting, but I am like, I'm, I'm, my kids are in the house 24 seven. None of us have left each other's sight in a week and a half, you know, because it's summertime and we're all in the house all the time, but I'm not the, the, I'm not having to scream anymore. I'm not having to be the one that's constantly fixing their failures. My husband has a very different approach to letting them make messes and then they all clean it up. I mean, it's, but I still have this, like, I don't want to call it guilt because it doesn't feel like guilt. It feels like, like I'm missing out on something. But then I asked my nine-year-old, I said, do you feel like you've seen mommy a lot lately? She's like, mom we're together all the time. So they don't feel like I'm, I, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, this really totally. weird thing oh, that man. I'm going through. I don't know. Yeah. I really so much. I mean, I feel like this has been, so mine was in 2020. It was in the midst of like the homeschooling thing, you know, that I did this whole like quitting a lot of the responsibilities and mm-hmm. my partner actually quit his job to be a stay at home dad during that and take over like pretty much all of our household stuff. And, um, it was a lot of it was a lot of therapy and it was a lot of unlearning the ways that i had learned just to be just to mm-hmm. navigate my relationships because it's how i was used to spending my whole time those are like some deep patterns yeah it's crazy isn't it i mean i'm fascinated by how well it's worked for us but also just all the little things i have to work through in order to keep going right like how do yeah. i he takes the kids to the doctor's appointments and orthodontist appointments. And like, he's doing all the stuff that I used to squeeze in somehow. Um, and I have all this free space now to just think and what we're rewatching the Harry Potter series at the moment. So like, if you'd talked to me four or five months ago, I wouldn't have had the time for that. There's no way I could have squeezed in those long ass movies for, you know, seven straight days, but now I can. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just such a paradigm oh, yeah. shift. Well, and that's why when at the beginning, you know, when I said the first thing about productivity for me is always figuring out why do you want to work on your productivity and your time management? And like, what are you going to use that space for? Because as you're finding, um, and as is only natural in our culture, um, having that spaciousness is uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. that's an almost universal experience, especially with women that I talk to. And so I really think that planning ahead of like, what am I going to do with like leisure time mm-hmm. is important because it will typically make you uncomfortable. And so if you don't think about it ahead of time, it can be a self-soothing reaction to just fill it up with more work, fill it up mm-hmm. with things that you're comfortable with. If I can fill this with a way that I'm earning money or cleaning my home or doing something for my kids, then it'll be okay. I have this time. And so um, just like 
investing in some time, go on a walk, pop in your headphones and like figure out what do you want that time for? And is it, are you going to let yourself have it is an important step. Yeah. I love it. Those are such great tips. I I think you're spot on. It's the, it's the self-soothing of fill it with more stuff. So we got to be women in particular, I think need to be more comfortable with (laughs) with not having something to do and being willing to give it away. I think we're still working through the subtitle of my book, but the thing that keeps resonating is automate, delegate, eliminate. And it's like, figure those things out. And it doesn't happen all at once. You're not going to like all of a sudden tomorrow get rid of all the crap, but you will over time with intention get there one step at a time. I always talk about oh, like yeah. do something today to make your tomorrow self happier and you're one step ahead tomorrow and it's all in the right direction. Oh, that's such a good perspective. You know, I think about it with my work because like thinking about it over time is such a nice way to think about it. Like I said, um, when I started my business in 2015, my daughter was two. It was new. I just gone through a divorce. You know, I just needed to support myself. So I wasn't spending a lot of time thinking about like how to make my work like ideal for my lifestyle or anything. It was a Mm -hmm. a survival move. And so I was working 60 plus hours every week and doing all of the things. And then it took time. It was like, I did that for a while. And then about a year and a half in, you know what? I was able to start automating things. And then Mm -hmm. like two and a half years in, I really had a good sense of what was important and what wasn't and started doing a lot less, like deleting things, seeing what was not necessary that I was doing that, you know, I could quit doing and it wasn't going to change anything. And then over time, you know, now we're so many years later, seven years later, and now I have a business model where I work about 15 hours a week and I work 111 days a year is my experiment for this year. So um, I'm halfway through. We'll see how it goes the rest of the year, but so far so good. And so 111 days, that's about half, less than half of a typical corporate America, you know, work year. And Mm -hmm. um, that's really been possible from that, that process of just constantly doing the small evolutions, the small evaluations of what can be automated, what can I hand off to other people, I do a lot of handing off to other people. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of deleting, just a lot of things of being on it, you know, if you want to get real honest about yourself, I know there's entrepreneurs who listen to your, your show of like, Mm -hmm. for me deciding I'm going to work 111 days this year, that's a real great way to delete a lot of stuff off your to do list. Because you start looking at stuff and going, I do not have very much time available. And this is not important enough to be here. Um, and so that has been really fun in my business to watch how that has clarified things and left only really, really high potency activities on my to-do list. Yeah, that's awesome. I've received your out of office, not your out of office, but your, I only check emails once a week. Is that what, yeah. what you're, I, I read it before and I thought, good on you. That's awesome. So share with us how that's going. Yeah, that's been wonderful. Honestly, I've done that for uh, several years now. For a while, it was twice a week. And then this year, I I did scale it back down to once a week. It's great. Um, What she's referring to is, you know, if you email me, um, you get an email and it says, thanks so much. This is important, but I'm only going to check this on Fridays usually. Um, It's wonderful because people who interact with me now just, I've set a tone and culture that we're not going to do urgency around here. I work in marketing. There's nothing you can call me about that's like a legitimate 
crisis. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist in this industry. And so many of us are trained to be on our email answering clients or answering our boss or whoever, you know, 15 minutes later. And that does nothing but totally fracture your attention and mess with all the the boundaries. And you can set up all sorts of great workflows for your day and schedules for your day and processes. But if you don't have some boundaries around who gets to just peek their head in and interrupt you, um, you're not going to have much luck sticking to it. So I think that's one of the best changes I've made, both because it saves me all the time in my inbox and just because it has trained the way people interact with me to expect some slowness in response, to expect that you don't just get to like knock on my door and derail me from whatever really intentional strategic work I was doing on. Like I'll get to it when I'm in a conversational, collaborating, you know, corresponding kind of mood. Um, But I don't have to be in that flow all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really good advice. Not every industry can sustain it, but it's certainly capable to implement the concept of that into every industry. Even if it's not once a week, like you can put two hour blocks every day that say, this is when I'm answering emails. It's not, I'm going to be on my phone 24 seven waiting for your response. So I, I love that. Well, Absolutely. Hunter, we're out of time. Why don't you share with us where we can connect with you, how people can find you, what the best way to communicate with you is. Yeah, absolutely. So I spend probably, you know, all the time that I'm not on Instagram, I love to be on Instagram stories. <laughs> so come <laughs> hang out with me on Instagram. My company is called The Agency. Um, and I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes, but um, so you can come hang out with me on Instagram at The Agency and DM me, tell me where you heard me from. I love to chat with people. I do read my messages over there, you know, as I can. And um, so come there. My website is theagency.com. And if people go to theagency.com slash efficiency, um, I have a cool class called The Ease Equation to help you put some of these like streamlining efficiency, you know, work smarter ideas into your business. And they can grab that um, free mini course at that link if they want to check it out. Awesome. Thank you. We will put that in. Hunter, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Efficiency Bee. Until next time, see ya.